Hi there. You're listening to Gear Up, the Duke Career Center's student-produced podcast showcasing stories and advice for campus and beyond. My name is Kira, and today we have two guests with us to talk about ways to design your best Duke experience. Hello and welcome. Hi, Kira. I'm Catherine Joe. I am an academic guide here at Duke. I'm a member of a new team um, within Duke's undergraduate education. And our team provides comprehensive academic support within the residence halls on West Campus. I attended Harvard uh, as an undergrad and I studied sociology there. Hi, my name is Audrey Fenske. I'm a program assistant with the Duke University Career Center. I'm also a Duke alum. Uh, I graduated in 2009 and I graduated with bachelor's in dance and also in psychology. So cool. I'm really excited to hear your guys' stories today. So Catherine, could you tell me a little bit more about what exactly the academic guides do in practice? Sure. So um, overall, we are there to help students pursue their academic excellence within the context of their overall well-being. But what that kind of means is that when we meet with students, we're really there to find out sort of what do they care about? What are their interests? What are they struggling with? And help them navigate the various decisions and challenges they face at Duke um, and to connect them with the resources that are at the university that are gonna help them thrive while they're there. Um, So additionally, because we're assigned with to specific uh, residential halls, we're also there to help build an overall learning community that is going to support them in um, navigating their time at Duke and helping them thrive. Absolutely, wow, that sounds so important. And I'm excited that returning to campus, I hopefully can be an attendee of some of these events. We'd love to have you. Audrey, you had mentioned as an alum of Duke and the undergraduate experience, thinking back to your first year, we're hoping that this episode is especially geared towards first year students. What do you wish that you had savored more um, during your first year of experience? That's a really good question. The fact that all first year students come to Duke from, you know, all over the world, and they all go through some of the same experiences just right from the get-go altogether. And I'm thinking specifically about orientation week, which I know looked a little different in 2020, but there's still a great deal of, you know, programs and new information and things like that, that first year students all kind of get thrown into all together. So everybody's learning all together and growing all together. That coupled with just, you know, the thrill of being in college for the first time and, you know, riding the bus and introducing yourself to everybody you can on the bus and trying to meet as many people as you can and have as many new experiences as possible. I think, you know, at Duke, I think it's uniquely wonderful because Duke really knows that all first year students are going through that same experience altogether. And they tailor so much programming and so many events for first year students. And I just love, you know, I loved taking advantage of all those as a student. And as I've watched that kind of first year programming grow throughout the years. There's even more for students now to take advantage of. So, oh, I I wish I could go back to that time and introduce myself to, you know, a hundred more people than what I did, but it was still so exciting at the time. I think the people are so special. Um, Ultimately, that's what, when you leave campus, that's what sticks around. It's not the building, it's it's not being in class. Um, It's the people and the knowledge that you get to take on. So with all of that, especially for first year students coming on campus and having so many different opportunities thrown at them and available, which is, in my opinion, you know, ultimately a blessing, but sometimes in the moment can feel like a curse, you know, the paralysis of making decisions or just 
wanting to pick and try everything. Um, They're so curious. I know I had a hard time finding balance. Um, Catherine, what about your experience in undergrad? You know, did you find a way to create a sense of balance? And if so, how, or if not, you know, how did you manage that? Yeah, I will say that I probably was not the model of balance as an undergrad. Um, I found the transition to college pretty difficult and overwhelming. I was not really um, familiar with what I would encounter in college, whether it's um, all the different decisions I'd have to make, all the different resources. And so I was pretty overwhelmed. And I would say academically, I didn't feel very prepared. So I did actually, you know, really spend a lot of time working hard on my academics, which, you know, often I felt like I wasn't then able to spend time on the things that do promote one's overall well-being, like friendships and relationships and um, extracurricular activities that were meaningful to me. And so, I mean, probably looking back, one of the things that probably hindered that too was the fact that I um, felt very alone in the fact that I was struggling and in the challenges that I had, and I didn't want to tell other people and talk to them about it. But I think that I've learned in my experience in higher ed, working with undergrads for so many years, um, and just the perspective of adulthood, that pretty much everybody around me was also struggling in many of the same ways, that they also felt very lost and overwhelmed. If I had been able to say to a friend, you know, I'm really struggling with this. I feel really lost here. They might've also said, you know what, me too. And we could have probably supported each other. Or if I had reached out to somebody in my class saying, I really don't understand this. And maybe we could have formed like a study group or something. And that would have actually provided some more of that balance, right? That we were struggling together. And that I think not only is... Um, would have just been better for balance, but it's, it's healthier, right? In general, to be able to be vulnerable, to be open with people and to find your support among, among your peers. And that way I would have also probably learned about how to handle the, the challenges from different friends or just about other types of activities that I might've enjoyed and felt connected more to the university and the student, uh, the student body. Absolutely. Well, this is my retroactive me too. <laughs> to you. I also, I mean, that really resonates with me where sometimes finding someone else to be in that space of vulnerability with and say, well, you know what, sometimes this sucks. Like it sucks or it's hard. Um, sometimes you can be really appreciative of some of those hard things and that can exist at the same time of being you know, disappointed or overwhelmed. Just jumping in here. I think for Duke students, you know, Duke students all come from a place in high school where you're at the top of your high school class. And, you know, a lot of Duke students don't have to put a whole lot of effort into, you know, excelling when they're in high school. And then we come to Duke and sometimes it's really hard to admit that this is hard for me. Like I need help, I need support. Um, Just because for some Duke students that might be the first time in their life that they're having to ask that question. And I think just knowing that so many of us, you know, have gone through or are going through those same experiences, there's really a lot of places where you can get support. Absolutely. Thinking back to your personal experience or your experience on staff here at Duke, Audrey, what are some of your favorite resources that you would send students to that you either wish you had known about earlier when you were on campus or now that you know about now? Um, You know, not to toot our own horn (laughs) too much, but I definitely recommend that, you know, regardless 
of what you think you might want to do in the future, a trip to the Career Center is never going to hurt you. There's always going to be folks there that can help you. You know, it's not just a place where you work on your resume or your cover letter. It's really a place where you can make a lot of self-discoveries. You can really find out, you know, more about yourself and in finding out more about yourself, really learn, you know, what type of work environment you want to be in and what type of careers there are for people with your major and all sorts of things like that, that um, go beyond just the sticky stuff like resumes. So definitely the Career Center. I definitely wish I had gone more as an undergrad, knowing all the things that the Career Center does now as a staff member. Oh man, I could have used their help as a student. I really wish I had gone more. Um, the Academic Resource Center, the ARC, is another great place. And they have just grown you know, exponentially since I graduated. I actually went back because I was curious. I never used them as a student. And I was curious. I was like, were they even around when I was a student? And I looked back in an old uh, Chronicle issue and there's like one teeny tiny little classified ad for the Academic Resource Center. And I'm like, I never would have seen that. So, I mean, that just goes to show how much they've grown in the last decade, especially. And there's just, again, wonderful people there that are ready and willing to help you. And really, you know, beyond just the centers and the groups that are there to help you, there are people around every corner that want to help you. So if you feel comfortable reaching out to your RA, reach out to your RA. Your RA has resources to help you or your RC. Uh, academic guy like Catherine has the resources to help you. If there's a professor that has office hours that you, you know, want to go and talk to them more and learn more or get some help in the class or even just, you know, meet them and ask them a couple of personal questions just to develop that relationship. There's pretty much every avenue at Duke, there are people there that want to help you and there's resources there. And so many people at Duke, you know, staff members, we all talk to each other. We, we will recommend each other if, if we, you know, if you go to a professor and they think that you need career advice, they're going to recommend the Career Center. So whoever you feel comfortable with, talk to them and they're going to try to help out, you know, figure out your path for you and help figure out the best ways to kind of uh, connect to a, a broader network for you at Duke. Absolutely. That's definitely one of the, the first lessons that I learned when I came into the Career Center for an advising appointment was put a priority on building your board of directors, like people who have a stake in your life, not at, just at Duke, but a stake in your life beyond Duke. And so I've really tried to challenge myself to anytime I have a problem that needs solving or a roadblock that has come up, just speaking that out into existence, which sometimes can be scary, like saying that, oh, hey, I got rejected from this program. Or I have this idea for a project and I don't know anyone who wants to support me with it. But if you find people who you trust to share that information with, almost always either they can help solve it or they can ask, you know, connect you to someone who can help solve it. Um, so that's been something that's really transformed my time. Now thinking about graduation, something that I definitely ask myself is how am I going to maintain those relationships once I'm off campus, I think it's a lot easier to feel secure in a connection when you can sit in someone's office or now sit in someone's Zoom room. But once you're an alumni, how do you maintain that? So Catherine, I'd really love to learn, what have you done to kind of keep up your relationships with friends or professors or important people in your life from your undergrad experience? What advice would you have? Sure. And I, yeah, and I just want to say it is not easy to do. Um, it can be hard in, in, in various ways, either um, for time reasons or just even learning how to do that. 
Um, you know, it's not just a friend that you made like through an extracurricular activity. There's, um, you know, there are ways to kind of pursue those relationships that are sort of mentorships or, you know, with, with professors, but, you know, you want to be um, just open with, with those people as well. In the same way that I was saying before with peers, you know, that sometimes it's helpful to just get to know the person personally. Like if you're not sure sort of what questions you might ask to start the relationship, just kind of ask them what their story is. You know, well, how, how did you get to where you are today? What was your path here? And that can open up avenues of conversation that are much more natural and genuine, which is sort of how you want it to feel. But I would say sort of along the way, um, you know, if you've developed that kind of a connection, I mean, those people will be interested in how you're doing along your path and you send them updates with your news um, periodically, um, or also just, you know, asking their advice. Like this is sort of a decision I'm facing right now. What, you know, perspective can you offer me or what's some advice that you can offer me, right? That's, and eventually though, as you further get further along your path and as you know what their interests are and where they are, then you can also offer things to them down the line, um, whether it's connections or, you know, some interesting article that you saw that you think they might, you know, like, you kind of, develop it that way. But I would say that it does take time. It takes intentionality as with all relationships. Um, and also I think it is important to know that people who might be your mentors may seek different types of relationships. They may not all seek the same level of closeness or frequency of contact. And so just keeping that in mind um, as you're trying to build these relationships. That's such a great reminder that the quality of your connection with someone isn't necessarily dependent on how often you talk, that they, you can have really secure and stable mentorship relationships or really any relationships. And it doesn't have to look like, oh, you know, your friend who's sitting next to you in class has someone that they talk to every week. It could be a once a month call. It could be check in a couple times a year, um, but it could all be meaningful. I want to pose this question to both of you. If first year students were to leave this podcast with just two pieces of tangible advice, so four total, four things, four bullets, what would they be? My first piece of advice is take advantage of all the benefits that you have as a Duke student, but you have them. As a Duke student, you know, you get to go see film screenings. You get to go hear amazing speakers talk. There's panel discussions you can go to. When we're not in a pandemic, there's lots of free food at some of these events, but beyond just that, there's such great learning opportunities and, you know, some of them are chances to network even too. Uh, beyond that, just that, there's clubs you can join. There's, you know, outings you can go to. There's so many opportunities that you have as a student and you have this unique time in four years as an undergraduate where you can take advantage of all of those things. Um, really pretty risk-free, you know, as a working adult, you know, you don't always have the financial resources or the time to take advantage of a lot of these things. So do it now. Oh my gosh. I, if I could go back and do it again, I would go to so many more things on weeknights and weekends, so many more interesting films and discussions and things like that, because there's just a wealth of things to enjoy as a Duke student and kind of piggybacking off of that. My second piece of advice is to take risks in, you know, anything that you do at Duke. You know, we like to talk about like Duke is a lab and Duke is a really safe place to fail. It's a safe place to try things. It's also a safe place to, you know, be successful or maybe not be successful, but in that turn, you know, discover things about yourself, discover 
interests that you might have, but it's all dependent on you maybe taking a risk that you might not have taken when you were a high school student and a risk that you might not take as a working adult. So be willing to take risks all four years, you know, talk to a new person, try a class and a subject that you would never take. When I, you know, mentor students or when I talk to students, you know, in my work at the Career Center or just students that I know as well, just from being part of the Duke community, I encourage them to try one new thing each month. Each month, pick something that's new to you and try that. So maybe it's a art class or maybe it's a, you know, dance class or, you know, maybe it's a fitness thing or maybe it's a lecture that you want to go to. But once a month, try something new, take that risk and you never know what doors it might open for you. Yeah, I would um, absolutely echo what Audrey said, and I would just add to that, um, you know, the quality of your time in college or at you know, Duke specifically really is going to depend very much on the quality of your relationships there, the people that you meet. Um, as we've already said, that's part of, you know, what makes the place special. And so I would say in that vein, to be genuine and authentic with the people um, that you're around with, with your peers and with your friends. Um, don't feel like you have to pretend that you have it all together because most likely, um, yeah, other people are experiencing some of the same struggles and you guys can both bond over that. Oh yeah, me too. That's, that's how it, you know, I'm feeling. And you will probably find those relationships much more meaningful when you can be open and authentic with, with others. Um, and so I just want to encourage that um, to don't be, you know, not to be afraid to kind of be, be vulnerable, as I said before. Um, and then also just to, just to know that your major, a course that you take and extracurricular activity that you choose, it in and of itself won't determine the path you take. You make out of the opportunities what you want and carve your path with them. And so in that vein, then I would want to say that, you know, insist on doing things that are meaningful to you. Um, not, you know, just what it seems like everybody else is doing um, or what some other person might expect of you. While, you know, those external pressures might be things to take into consideration or there are other factors, you know, that may inform one's decision beyond like, oh, this is just what I really like to do. Insist that you, you at least try to find what the meaningful path is, is for you um, through, through college and, and beyond. Absolutely. And just knowing that there are multiple paths and that no one of them is the wrong choice. That's something that my mom would always tell me is there's no wrong decision. It's just a different decision. So taking whatever choices you make and running with it and making the most out of it. Well, I can't say thank you enough um, for having you both here to share your time and stories with us today. Um, I know I certainly learned a lot. So thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you.